maximizing your mental potential. I'm Dr. Nina Riostoria, and I'm really excited about this podcast because it's my first interview with an athlete. And this athlete in particular has some great wisdom to share with other athletes and his experience. I am talking today with Greg Walls. He's an accomplished athlete, motivational speaker, with more than 15 years experience in sports performance coaching and instructing. He is a graduate and former all-conference Texas Christian University defensive back, and he knows firsthand what it takes to prepare and perform in the realm of sports with excellence. Upon finishing his college career, Greg was blessed with an NFL opportunity after being picked up as an undrafted free agent by the Washington Redskins. But since then, he's been busy being an educator and a college football coach, and today, he's the owner and master trainer of the Performance Experience located in Yules, Texas. Yay. Well, welcome, Greg. Oh, well, I appreciate being <laughs> that, here. That's I appreciate a lot, a lot of that, great things you've done. That's a lot of stuff. I don't, I don't know if, uh, yeah. you know, I, I, guess, I guess it's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. You've worked hard for it. And what I love about this topic, because you and I had met, and we were talking about the importance of balance in an athlete's Absolutely. life. Absolutely. And when I mentioned it to you, you got very excited and passionate about it yeah, because yeah. of your story, right? because of what you went through. Right. So share with everyone that's listening kind of like what you went through to recognize how important it is today for athletes. Okay. Uh, first of all, Nina, I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, anytime I'm asked to speak, uh, it means the world to me. That means that at least one or two people have some interest in, in, in what I have to say. And, and I say all the time, it's not really the, the, the messenger that matters. Uh, it, it's the message you receive. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if I can speak in front of 10,000 and one person gets it and it makes sense for them, then it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so as, as far as I'm concerned, uh, the, uh, as we spoke before, uh, <laughs> and you asked me to come on and, and get a chance to, to say something to, to young athletes, to uh, former athletes, uh, to professionals who at one point their career will end, I think it's important that everybody knows that uh, your life doesn't end when your career ends. And what I mean by life, I'm not talking about, you know, your death date. I mean, like, there there are other paths you can take mm-hmm. uh, outside of the realm or even inside of the realm, as a matter of fact, because I live in, I live in the world of sports today. Yeah. Uh, I work with athletes on a daily basis. Uh, so as for me, <laughs> I I was... The lesson that I want to teach in these few minutes of this story is that uh, you have to learn to fail early. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's extremely important that as, at a high, as a high-level athlete or a high-level competitor or somebody who is 12 years old, 13 years old, and just better than the competition, maybe they're more physically mature, or maybe they just understand the game in any sport, we have to experience failure at a very very young age because if you don't it can take a serious toll on you mentally and emotionally Mm -hmm. so as for me I've been playing ball since I was four years old I'm actually uh, baseball is my favorite sport Mm -hmm. a lot of people I played college football but and most people think football is the baby but baseball is the baby Uh, football paid the bills Mm -hmm. so that that's the way that worked and my entire life I was a good athlete I learned how to play baseball at four years old so I've been good my throughout elementary I was always an all-star I was always uh, batting at the top of the lineup I set multiple records 
in Mississippi in, for high school baseball as a pitcher mm -hmm. uh, and as, as a hitter. I had an opportunity to play on multiple all-star teams. Mm -hmm. I even played on a national team uh, in 1997, my senior year. So uh, I was getting looks from Major League Baseball. So I had never failed mm -hmm. in baseball, ever. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we won uh, city championships, I was named Defensive Player of the Year one year. I was my team MVP another year. I never failed. Mm -hmm. I never experienced it. I had great success in all-star games. I played organized football in, in eighth grade. That was the first time I had a chance to play organized football. And although the team wasn't that great my sophomore year, uh, I had never really experienced any individual failure. We went one in 10 and I was still uh, as a sophomore, all district, mm -hmm. you know, uh, my junior year, all district, my senior year, all state, uh, district defensive player of the year, uh, earned a scholarship to TCU, uh, all the things that go along with it. So my entire young life, I'd never been told I wasn't good enough to do something. Mm -hmm. I'd never been told I wasn't going to make it in something. And there was no there was no gray. I knew if I continued to just do what I had been doing, I was going to keep going to the top. I mean, I was a good student. Uh, I was a, a good athlete. Mm -hmm. I stayed out of trouble. So you didn't you never really experience, experience any failure. Mm -hmm. uh, go to college. We weren't very good our first year. But then, and that, that was as a team, but individually continued to get better. I was a three-year starter. Uh, actually, I started four years. I started four or five games as a freshman. Uh, I was a three-year consistent starter. For two years at TCU, I was the only non-Texas starter on the team. Wow. You know, so I, I, I'm from South Mississippi, you know. So it, it, there was no failure there. I was all-conference uh, as a junior. I was all-conference as a senior. <laughs> and going into, you know, preparation for the NFL, you never once think you're not going to make it. Right. Well, I, and you've I, been told your whole life pretty much you're going to make right. it. Right. You're going to make it. You're going to yeah. make it. You're going to make the top. You're going to be in the league. You're going to be in the league. Whatever league. Baseball, you know, because I, I, going back in the story, I had a, um, I was getting looks by the major leagues uh, while I was, uh, while I received a scholarship offer to TCU. Mm -hmm. So I knew I was going to do something, you know, and I knew exactly what I wanted to do. Uh, but when you're that young, you don't know what decisions to make, baseball, or you go. So I, we went to school. I went to school. Uh, but getting a chance to be picked up in the NFL, I saw it differently. A lot of people, you know, if you're a projected first-round pick or you're a projected third-round pick and you get picked lower, uh, you, you kind of have a chip on your shoulder. You feel like people uh, missed on you. And, and a lot of times those athletes are right. Uh, but I didn't feel that way. All I ever wanted in life was an opportunity to to succeed. That's it. Mm -hmm. And I kept getting them, so I kept being successful. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I got picked up by the Redskins, go to camp. Never once, it doesn't really matter who's in camp, what's going on. Any athlete worth their salt is not going to be there thinking, I don't deserve to be here. I'm right. not going to, I'm not good enough. Nobody believes that. I mean, right. no matter what people tell you, uh, that that fuels the fire, you know, so you don't ever think once, hey, I'm not going to be good enough to make this team. Mm -hmm. And we had some, I got a chance to see some amazing athletes. I mean, I, I got a chance to be on the field with Champ Bailey, who, in my opinion, is 
in the top three greatest defensive backs to ever play the game. Mm-hmm. That's my opinion. You know, I got a chance to stand next to Daryl Green, who played for 20 years in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But never once did I think I wasn't good enough to play with those guys, mm-hmm. you know. And you then, had that positive mindset that, yes, I'm going to make it and I'm good enough. It was different. Yeah. It wasn't that I had the positive mindset that I was going to make it. Uh-huh. It was I never once thought I wasn't going to make it. Okay. That's that's the difference. That's what I mean by failure. So the thing of failure is not an option. It's not about changing what you do. If you already work hard, if you already pay attention to detail, if you already stay out of trouble, you it, your expectation is already to make mm-hmm. it. You don't have to talk yourself into that. Right. But you never once see the other side, mm-hmm. you know. We hear all those success stories and people pushing through and being and, and persevering in, in, in business, in sports, in school. The thing is, they either push themselves or they never once have the thought of failure. Mm-hmm. I didn't I never once thought I wasn't going to make the team, mm-hmm. you know, and even if I had a bad day of practice or if I had a great day of practice, it was always I'll be here. I, I'll find a way. Well, didn't. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I got cut. Uh, I went to camp, played a few games. I did pretty well. But, I mean, realistically, uh, those guys were all pros, first-round picks that that I was playing against. Um, I was walking off the field on a Friday, and the the defensive back coach, he put his arm around me and said, Greg, they're going to let you go today. You know, and if anybody's familiar with the uh, process of being cut in the NFL, it ain't fun. It, it, it's it's embarrassing. Uh, it's not fun. And and then a lot of people, uh, a lot of athletes, everything stops in that moment. So I'm walking towards the locker room, and I want to beat to to. To stay away from the embarrassment of the Reaper coming to get you, because that's the guy that comes and lets you know that the head coach wants to see you. Uh, I, I, I hustle, literally sprint to the locker room, drop my stuff off, jump in the shower, grab my clothes, grab my stuff, and start heading upstairs because I had to go see the uh, the head coach. I had to go see Marty Schottenheimer, who was the head coach at the time. Mm-hmm. So I'm on my way up the stairs, and the Reaper is on his way down the stairs. So he's looking for me. So he's like, hey, Greg, and I looked at him, and I was like, I already know I'm headed that way now. Because I didn't want to be embarrassed downstairs. So yeah. I go upstairs. I hook the left. I go and I uh, go to Coach Schottenheimer's office. And I sit down. And he basically tells me I'm not good enough. And that that's the, as a 22-year-old who had never heard that in his entire life, that that changes your perspective on life. Uh, so he looked and, at me. And how did that change you in that moment? It, it, nothing. You know the word surreal. It was real, but it wasn't reality. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I couldn't argue. He's the head coach. He's evaluated talent for years. Mm-hmm. You know, I knew who I was competing with and the spot I was competing for. And it was, I don't know, 13 defensive backs out there. And they kept uh, six or seven. So somebody's got to go home. Yeah. The, the numbers are the numbers. Uh, but he was like, <clears throat> Greg, you you know, we're going to let you go today. There are some things you that we are looking for that you didn't do during the time of camp. And uh, you have some things you need to work on. And you're, you're not good enough, basically, for this team. So, but once somebody says we're going to let you go, most of it sounds like white noise. You really right. can't hear it. So, I, uh, I get up and the process is fast. It's you grab your stuff, you grab your uh, plane ticket, you go, you pick up your clothes, you go 
you get on the plane. Mm-hmm. So what what do you do when when that part that moment ends? Now, for some people they get picked up on the waiver wire. For some people they go play in another league. For some people they continue to try until they make it. I mean, and uh, that happens everywhere. Mm-hmm. For me, uh, I did not unenroll from school. So I called all my professors while I was in camp and said, hey, look, I'm going to camp uh, with the Washington Redskins, but don't, you know, don't take me off the road. I'm not, I'm going to stay in school. Mm-hmm. Just in case something happens, I'll be back in school if, if I'm back in mm-hmm. Texas. Mm-hmm. Best decision I ever made. Right. It was the best decision I ever made because I got cut on Friday. I was in class on Monday. And how were you mentally when a few days later you're back in class, your career as an athlete that you thought it would be is gone? I was a mess. Yeah. I was a mess. And, and, yeah. and it wasn't because I wasn't playing football. It was because I'm no longer part of a team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm no longer I no longer have a structure that I actually enjoy. Uh, I'm not doing the thing that I have been doing all my life. Yeah. That's that's brutal. You know, that that is really crucial. You know it's going to end. Every athlete knows it's going to end. Every good athlete believes they can control the end date. Every great athlete plans to control the end date. Mm-hmm. You know, I believed I could control the end date. I believe I played four or five years or six or seven years. Or, no, it didn't work like that. So, and of course I tried. I, and I kept trying to get picked up and I kept working out and I kept trying because that's all I was focused on. And that's all you knew. That's all I knew. Yeah. Like, I, I knew how to do multiple things, but that's that's what I knew, you know. Uh, I, that's where the money was. That's where the, the pats on the back were. That's where the fame was. That's where, mm-hmm. you know, you can change your family's life. That's where, in my mind, athletics was where it was. And in my mind today, athletics is still where it is, mm-hmm. believe it or not. But... That was devastating for me. That I learned <clears throat> that depression is a real thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I learned never to make fun of people who are who experience depression. You know, because a lot of us believe depression is the feeling of of hopelessness. It's not. It's not at all. It's the feeling of helplessness. You can't help me. Mm-hmm. You know. It's that feeling of being by yourself, not hopeless, because, you know, anything can turn your life around. Mm-hmm. But it's like you can't help me. You can't understand what I'm going through, even if they've been through it with you. You, you can't help me. You don't know what's going on in my mind because I'm not supposed to be here. Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be there. So I didn't watch football that year. Yeah. Neither, I didn't watch. I didn't watch a snap. You know, because not because I didn't like football, because I hated Mario, because I couldn't like I never blamed politics. I never blamed injury. I never made excuses. I wasn't good enough. That's all I took from that. You know, and then you you've talked about with me about this depression period that you went through. Oh, it was yeah. very heavy for you. Yeah. And coming back to the reason that you really want to instill the importance of balance in an Absolutely. athlete's life. And learning to fail forward yes so what does that look like for an athlete well, learning to fail at all how do you do that if you're well, so good and gifted what you got to realize is and this is what i learned like after after a while because you know i didn't experience depression until i until i got a job <laughs> like that, that's when it became real you know uh, when i was teaching uh yeah. you know and i was teaching uh middle school sixth grade english so at work i was on top of it at work, that was my safe haven. I belonged. The, the classroom was my was 
was where I watched film or mm -hmm. uh, the kids were my team, you know, and we got along great. The moment I left, life sucked. The moment I left, life sucked. Mm -hmm. So I was looking for other things to fill that, mm -hmm. you know, and I didn't turn to drugs or alcohol. Like I was literally looking for other teams or team situations to feel that, to, to have that feeling and still missing the opportunity to change economically, what I thought yeah. economically changed the life of my family. So to help athletes with that is understand that there are phases in your life that they have to come to an end. They're going to end. And you have to find out, and the, you, you're the culprit of this, and people can help, but you have to lay the foundation of who am I really? And mm. where, <clears throat> not do I fit, but where does my passion lie? Where do I belong? Not where I fit, where do I belong? You know, where, where am I most effective? Where am I most productive when I'm not wearing a uniform? When you're not, that's when the key. I'm not when wearing you're not a wearing uniform. a uniform, exactly. who am I yeah. outside what, of that? What, who am I besides the who I represent? Yes. That's, that's the question. And I didn't know that because I've always represented a team or the name on the back of my jersey and uh, all of the goals and the aspirations of a team, of a collective group. But I didn't know who I was after failure. I had to go find out because most athletes can do a lot of things. Right. Like they really, and you, you fight through a lot of stuff because you're built like that. You know, you're built like that. But when you're literally alone in that room and you have to figure out what happens when you're not expected to do certain things that gets that gets difficult uh, for any athlete M middle school athlete uh, professional athlete a retired athlete you know <clears throat> when you retire when you spent 15 20 years doing something and at a high level and being great at it and it ends the next day is so different from any other day. Yeah. You know, or if it ends abruptly, like mine did, early and abruptly, uh, what do you do yeah. is the question. Well, my advice to everybody is who's experienced that or who has to prepare for that is, number one, keep trying. If you feel like you have a real opportunity, keep, keep going after it. Don't ever... Never kill the dream, mm -hmm. but always understand it's going to end. Mm -hmm. So the goal is for you to end it on your terms. If it does not end on your terms, understand that you have a space you belong in where you can be highly productive and your experiences can be helpful to anybody else. Mm -hmm. And that's what I had to learn because depression Nina, depression is 15 pounds lost, not yes. shaving, feeling sick, not eating. But at work, I was on it because I belonged. You that belonged. was my team. There was that you belonging know? that you experienced so many I, years, all your life. Yeah. And you had to feel that. Absolutely. And what do you do when you don't feel it and how do you feel it? And right. so going back to what you said, you want athletes to prepare, help them prepare mentally for it, yes. for the end and also to remain balanced by figuring out, this is who I am outside of the uniform. Right. Um, this is what I'm passionate about. What other things can you 
tell athletes that are listening that will help them get grounded, get that balance in their life? You know what? I'm glad that's the question. I, I really I'm glad you asked well, here <laughs> because there, there are two worlds uh, or two two realms. And I think it's so unfair. Uh, I think it's uh, I think it's hypocrisy. Um, and I'm going to I'm going to break it down in a manner that makes sense for everybody who has who generalizes high-level athletes. Uh, for example, right now in today in, in today's society, uh, we praise and love and glorify high-level athletes. We we I mean I want my son I want my daughter to be like this. I want I want I want to, I want my kids playing in the NFL. I wanted to play in the NFL. I wanted to play Major League Baseball. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then we say in that same voice, you know, those they're, they're role models. They should act a certain way, uphold a certain standard. So when they do it and they stand up on the platform that they have for what they believe in, you need to just shut up and play. You need to shut up and, and you're overpaid and you you're 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 privileged and you're spoiled and you're whiny. Wait a minute. Hold on. Mm -hmm. Time out. There's a person inside of that helmet. And that person has a family and we love to tell those people what to do with their money, how they're supposed to conduct themselves, you know. So let's start at the top and bring it all the way down. Mm -hmm. So you have a extremely intelligent people in the NFL and in Major League Baseball. As a matter of fact, a lot more intelligent than society likes to give them credit for because and I always say this, if you think uh, football players are dumb go pick up a playbook and tell me what you see that's number one mm -hmm. so we give them a platform and we get angry when they speak what they believe in intelligently on that platform mm -hmm. but we tell our kids stand up for what you believe in mm -hmm. or kneel for what you believe in yeah you know so in college we tell them that you're playing for the name on the back of the jersey. I mean, name on the front of the jersey, not the name on the back of the jersey. We're all citizens, and those are kids in those helmets. But we kill them, we crush them, we berate them, unless we love them. Okay. So do we love the kids? Do we love the individuals? Or do we love the thought of the team? Or are we angry because of them taking advantage of their advantages? Yeah. So this is what I'm hearing, Greg, is that it seems like they get mixed messages. All That's the where I'm going with they're this. They're getting mixed messages. That's so, so as they're hearing this from you, yes. going back to that being grounded and finding balance within themselves, yeah. That's exactly. how how do they do that? Because they, that, what do they have control over is only what they have to say, what they do. So what advice do you have for them right now? That's that where I'm apply? going for that. Yeah. That you, you hear it all, mm -hmm. listen to none, filter what's important. Because they have to realize you're not a person until you're out of the uniform, according to society. Mm -hmm. You know, because the same people that praise you on Saturday will crush you the next Saturday. So who are you outside of that yeah. uniform and work on? There you go. Telling yourself that, the yes, things that you need. The things you need to be productive and to be not that role model people want you to be but to be that person you aspire to be. Mm, that you aspire. That like you that. aspire to be. Because it's going to end. And when you're a college athlete, now you live under uh, a microscope. That That's a real deal. So, you know, go enjoy your life. Go have fun. But would you do those same things 
If you had a corporate job, would you do those same things if you worked at uh, AT&T? Would you do those same things if you uh, had a landscaping business? Think about it like that. Yeah. You if know, you weren't an athlete, what would you do What would you do differently? Because, what would you do differently? Right. Because it, it, use, this is the advice, Nina. Use athletics as the tool or the vehicle that's going to make your life mean something more than the uniform. Mm -hmm. I learned that years after I was, I couldn't play. Mm -hmm. So I understood the opportunity that TCU gave me when I got out of TCU. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's hard to understand what you get when you got it. You know, you can appreciate it once you're done with it. Uh, so the advice, like I said, is, you know, hear it all, hear it all. Because you, you put yourself in that position, you earn that position. Mm -hmm. And stand on your platform, stand on what you believe in, but f listen to none of it and filter it in a position where this is who I aspire to be because mm -hmm. I have to take this uniform off. I have to, <clears throat> not, I, one day I'm not going to hit this ball. One day I'm not going to have this jump shot. Mm -hmm. You know, highest level athletes, Kobe Bryant is 39 years old and retired. That means he has about 55, 60 years of life left. Yeah. But he took that basketball platform and created who he wanted to be outside of the uniform. Mm -hmm. That's I, what's I important. like that you said filter out what you want. You're going to hear it all, but mm -hmm. filter it out and make sure it applies to what you aspire to be. So Absolutely. have that plan out that you aspire to be. And then what about if you could reflect back on your life? You didn't fail much. You didn't fail at all, really. So what, what do you think as far as the support system? What do they need? If everyone's telling them what to do, what kind of support system? Do they need in place? Uh, they need uh, honest, honest, honesty from people that they trust outside of family members. Mm -hmm. I believe everybody needs some kind of coach. The, the coach is the most important person on the planet. Mm -hmm. A coach has more influence than a, in certain ages than a parent or a uniformed authority figure. Mm -hmm. Because I spend more time with you, we have the same goal, and you give me real directives. There are coaches that coached me that I love to this day, that I talk to on a regular basis. Shout out to Coach Chris Thurman. He he is amazing. He he was a he's a mentor to me because he treated me like a man. Mm -hmm. You know, there are some coaches that I have no words for ever. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's the influence that they have. So here at, at PE, I tell my I tell all my people, we're we're the glue, we're the bridge. So this is the way it works. The coach's job in any institution or any uh, league or any school or anything of that matter, the coach's job is to look out for the greater, greater good of the team. Uh, so their job is not the individual. That's just the truth. Their job is collectively the group of kids or the group of men to make them a better team. That's their job. Our job is to pay attention to the in individual so that they are better for their team. Mm -hmm. Because we have to look out for the kid. We have to look out for the confidence of the kid. We have to teach them how to fail. We have to see them frustrated. We have to let them fall on their face. Yeah. They can't afford that on a team. And you know what's great about performance experience, which you created? It's really, it's grounded on your principles, on your passion. Absolutely. This is, this is why you're doing what we, you're doing. We, our goal is yeah. to get them scholarships, Nina. Yeah. Our, because I know what school does for an athlete. Mm -hmm. It helps them continue their career. I know we're running low on time, but I, I got to say this. Um, it, do do some research, do a study on 
and it's hard to find numbers, but you look at a kid who, a high-level athlete in high school, has a bunch of numbers, does a great job on the field, and don't get a chance to play in college. Their career ends in high school. Their life is drastically different than what it could have been if they just had the opportunity. A Division One in NAIA, Division Two, uh, just to go continue their career, to use that sport as a vehicle. Mm-hmm. You know that because it, it comes to an abrupt halt. Yeah. Because they believe, their parents believe, the the community believes, you're gonna make it, you're gonna make it, you can go, you can do this, and then it's over. And, and there's so much, pr- that's so much pressure so for much. a child or a teen. Like or I'm 17, 18 years old yeah. now, and, and what I've been doing stops. Yeah. You know, maybe I didn't take the test. Maybe I didn't have the right grades. Uh, maybe I didn't know the process. Maybe I didn't understand what was going on. Well, our job is to teach them the process. We take a lot of pride, and you can hear it in my voice. We take a lot of pride. Any kid that comes in here, anyone that is serious about playing, our job is to, number one, give them the tools to go play off off the field. Mm-hmm. Have you registered for the uh, eligibility center? Uh, what's your core GPA? What's your ACT? What's mm-hmm. your SAT? Do you know what the important dates are? Have you put together a highlight film? They're not going to get that in school. Yeah. And, and they're not supposed to. You know, it's their job. It's their support, uh, their, their teams, their parents to individually find out the information that they need to continue their career. Well, we enhance that mm-hmm. because I know what school did for a small town kid from Picayune, Mississippi, um, 10,000 people in the town, great athletes. You, you'd you be surprised at the kind of athletes we have there. But depression leads to you got to have a filter and outlet, not rather you go try school for a year or two than find your out, outlet in alcohol and drugs because and your that career right came there, to right, an that, abrupt That halt. in itself is another topic, just the depression and what the stress of being an athlete and drugs and alcohol, the things they can get involved in if they don't have an alternative, if they don't have a place to go. Because we built different. Yeah, we're built. So um, so the biggest takeaway that you want everyone to hear today would be what? What's the main message you want to give the athletes before we go? Every athlete, I mean, and some of you guys are older than me or wiser than me, and some of you guys are coming up and your, your confidence levels are extremely high and you've never failed at anything, you're the best. I urge and employ every athlete, male, female, young, old, uh, any sport, Fail early and appreciate the failure. Secondly, understand who you are outside of the uniform. Everybody has something to say. It's so easy for other people to live your life and tell you how to do it. It's not as easy for you to decide who am I when I take off the uniform, when I put down the bat, when I put down the golf club. How do I identify with me and I I can almost guarantee you'll be successful in any endeavor because you'll start laying the groundwork for that success. Love what you had to say, especially about learning how to deal with failure. How do you emotionally get through that and look at those setbacks as opportunities for emotional growth and development and recognizing who you are, what do you value when you're not playing the sport that you play? Thank you so much for being here, Greg. If you want to learn more about Greg and also performance experience, visit their website, www.pe28.com. Thanks for listening.